0: I've come to realize that I have more limitations than I realized, probably with time passing by and becoming more realistic. I'm trying to come to terms with this. Do you have any guidance on how best to do this? When considering limitations, it's a tricky thing sometimes, because sometimes we can think there's a limitation there, and as a consequence think well maybe I need to come to terms with this and I need to work with it and that probably is a wise thing to do if there is a limitation because you don't want to be you know resisting what is and putting strain on yourself perpetually that's not going to be a pleasant way or productive way to live but the problem is sometimes it may not actually be a limitation it might just seem to be a limitation it can be a kind of a A virtual limitation, one that we kind of take for granted, but maybe something that we didn't actually need to be worried about. So it can can be a bit tricky to sometimes find that balance. And one of the classic go-to examples uh, in this is Roger Bannister, who in the 1950s was the first person to run a mile in under four minutes. So the, the idea at the time was that human anatomy they thought you know there's got to be a limit somewhere they thought as to how fast we can run so they thought well four minutes is sort of it that's what had been done up until that point so when Roger Bannister did that when he managed to to run the the four minute mile that was interesting because what it demonstrated is that the kind of common beliefs up until that point were just beliefs you know, they were they. They had no basis, in fact, and of course, in a sense, you could say it was fair enough because it was speculation based on evidence, albeit the evidence of nobody having done it, which of course isn't the best evidence to base something on scientifically. But at the same time, you could see why they might infer that in a practical way. Well, you know, why has it not been done before? So. For, for, for Bannister to do it then, it was like, oh, actually, we need to change your thinking about that. But the particularly interesting thing was what happened afterwards when then other runners were able to match and beat that. And the question then was, well, why did they not do that last week? And you know, the the common argument is that, well, their belief systems were shifted, really, and, and they realized, oh, this is possible. And to some degree, the belief that the thing was possible kind of unlocked extra capacity. So we have, I think, our own experiences of this. And there's a sense in which you kind of want to do the thing or not do the thing. If you're going to jump over a ditch, you want to believe you're going to make it and jump or you want to not jump. (laughs) You don't want to jump while believing you're not going to make it because you're probably not going to draw upon your capacity. And this really, uh, this really draws on some of the rather sophisticated research and understanding about kind of mind-body connection and about the effects on uh, the motor system, even when we're just visualizing movement. And you know, the, the likes of neuroimaging technology like uh, MRI, functional MRI in particular, has really given us a window into this that we didn't necessarily have before. And there's fabulous research in this area. For example, researchers who had a person who was in a a coma or a vegetative state and they weren't able to communicate with her. And they weren't sure if she was conscious or not. And what they did was they created a rather ingenious system where they used, uh, I think it was fMRI technology, and they said, okay, we're speaking to you. Imagine you're holding a tennis racket And if the answer is yes to the question we're about to ask, imagine that you're waving the tennis racket. And so they set this up properly with procedure so there was a yes or a no. And true that way, even though she wasn't able to communicate or speak, they were able to get yes or no answers, another communication from her, just using the imagined movement as a trigger. They were able to pick that up on the scans. That's fabulous. You know, what a beautiful and wonderful use of science and technology. You know, that's what it's all about. You've got to love that kind of stuff. Uh, But, again, it points in the direction of what we're capable of. And just the use of imagination alone is stimulating those systems. So, you know, consequently then, if you're trying to do something, but you're also disbelieving it or imagining you can't, you've got at best mixed signals in your system, which are probably going to dilute your capacity. What your output is in any given moment so that's i think a nice way to look at it so in the areas where we actually want growth and development it does make sense to stretch in that direction now we're probably never going to know what we're fully capable of uh, in, in the span of our lifetime but in a sense that doesn't matter because you know while athletes might think of these external goals of you know running a mile in a certain number of minutes For the most part, in terms of just day-to-day happiness, that doesn't really matter. You don't really need to be competing with yourself or anyone else. It's enough to, I suppose, recognize where you are and what your capacities are and just stretch them and grow them and let them take you as far as, as they can. You don't really need to have a point where you have to be. And if you're at that point, you're good. And if you're not, you're not. It's not really necessary. You can have casual goals if you want just to motivate you. But the point is more the act of doing what you do and growing and expanding as a person. So stretching where possible and where wanted, because there's not really any point in stretching towards something you don't want in your life. And equally, you know, if, if it does seem impossible, as best as you can determine that, again, not making too many assumptions, uh, but if it's, if it's something that doesn't seem possible and you don't want it, I wouldn't be too bothered with that, to be honest with you. If it's something that seems really important and you're not sure if it's possible, well, that might be work putting a bit of effort into and it may be the case that you don't even get exactly where you'd like to be but you get some of the way and that still counts for something you know if you're fundraising for a really important charity and you go out there believing you can fundraise a million euro and you only get 500 grand that's all right. You know, it's not too much. You might get two million though. So, you know, you could you can give yourself that room, but it's not really about an all or nothing attitude. It's more about actually just doing what it is you need to do and getting out there and stretching in that direction. So that kind of stretching is definitely useful. In a way, not really worrying too much about what's possible or not, except through the basic confines of safety, obviously, and <laughs> making sure you're not, you know, being, being uh, too radical in the way you're pushing yourself. When you're doing that, then it's more like uh, more like going to the gym, where you're stretching a little bit more gently each day with expert supervision and making sure you're doing it properly we do need people to push those boundaries as well in terms of being experimental and looking at ways of improving things. But outside of of those areas where there's risk, when we're just not really sure what our capacity is, that experimentation and exploration can lead us to achieve a huge amount and then find out as we go along where those limits, if there are any lie, rather than pre-assuming them from the very beginning, which very often just isn't really necessary. Now, When there are limitations and when we recognize them, you know, because sometimes they will be sort of obvious, you know, there can be various problems or challenges or difficulties or limitations in our life, maybe sets of circumstances that we've encountered, limitations to previous freedoms or abilities that we previously had. So when we do encounter those and, you know, we know that they're not just kind of mental shackles, but they are, you know, real life uh, uh, blocks or obstructions or limitations then the acceptance of those is something that can be very useful and very powerful. Because if you resist them, what happens is you very often miss out on the capacity that you have. Now, in a way, limitation, we could say, might be stretching it a little, but limitation is sort of a synonym for individuality. You know, because that's what makes us an individual. You know, what what is an individual? What is a person? Well, it, it really is somebody who is limited in, in, in some way. Because if, you, if you're if you everything to all people and all things, well, then you're not, you're not an individual person. Because by being a person, we have certain traits and characteristics. And of course, there are ranges. It's not that we're fixed in a narrow way. We have certain ranges that we're able to move within. But still, there's a difference between us and maybe another person and some of their skills and interests and ours. There's major overlaps as well, which is good but there are also significant differences. And that's brilliant, <laughs> because it would be terrible if we're all exactly the same. We wouldn't have other people to learn from. We wouldn't have those people who are really good at and passionate about the things we're not interested in or good at. <laughs> we need those people to come and help fix our things or support us and help us. And in turn, we can serve and help them. So it's lovely. you know. That's what community is all about. So uh, embracing limitations it can be, as long as they are real limitations, can be another way of, of thinking about just accepting individuality. That could be another way of thinking about it. Because it would be a real shame for us to have, you know, certain attributes, certain abilities. And we're ignoring those, and we're busy thinking about the ones we don't have and wishing we did. That, that, that's just so unfortunate. It's, it's such a waste, really. And I don't even mean that in a guilty way, you know, you shouldn't be wasting it. But I just mean, it's such a pity, really, that those capacities can't be used and developed. So if there are limitations, okay, fine. But the question is, in what areas are you not limited? What are the capacities that you do have and how can you celebrate them and really use them? How can you focus in on them? And sometimes the problem in life is we just have too many options anyway. So sometimes certain things that come in and make the path a little bit clearer can actually be useful. Again, it doesn't mean we would choose these circumstances. Some of them can be challenging. But you know, if it's the case, if it is the way it is, well then, what are our options? We can try and hope that we're somebody that we're not. We can try and ignore those limitations. Or we can accept them and look at the space that exists within them, the creative room, and then really do some great stuff with that. And that can be very exciting. If you found this valuable, do like, subscribe, and share. And what's your experience? Do you have any questions or topic suggestions? You can contribute in the comments, on social media using hashtag bodymindself or on jfl.com.